Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we finish up our travel hacking series, talking about how you can use credit cards to save money on your Disney World trip. We also discuss whether the Disney Visa card is the right card for a Disney trip. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check out our bonus content on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Or if you're looking to plan a Disney vacation, you can let Joe be your travel agent at no cost to you. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net today. Connect with us with questions for the podcast anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As The Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips With Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. Quick reminder, if you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest thing to do is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. That's no cost to you, and that really helps us out. If you'd like to support us monetarily, you can check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered, and there's bonus content there, or you can leave a one-time donation if we've helped you to plan your trip. So today's episode is part two of our Travel Hacking to Disney World series part two of two last episode we talked a little bit about what travel hacking is in general using credit card rewards and also we talked a little bit about airlines like southwest delta and a companion pass deal so if you did not hear the episode we highly recommend that you go back check that one out before you come back to this one another caveat reminder that credit card rewards you know you're really only saving money if you're paying off your credit card balances in full every month otherwise the interest that you're paying and the fees that you have to pay cut into your savings way too much and debt is not a thing that we want to encourage now we left off last episode finishing up talking about airline loyalty programs so we're going to pick things up here in part two talking about hotels now people can find a lot of savings by staying at off-site hotels which we've talked about in the past but we what we haven't talked about is using points to make these off-site stays so there's a lot of different chains we're just going to hit a few of them that are in the orlando area so why don't we start with marriott leslie what do we got in the disney world area so i think most disney world fans are familiar with the swan and dolphin those are actually marriott properties you can use your marriott points there to redeem for a stay and there of course is the new swan reserve that's coming right next door so you have three properties those are marriott category six which is pretty expensive like uh, a regular redemption there that's fifty thousand marriott points so that gets pretty pricey but you know i know a lot of people sometimes you know you have a spouse maybe who travels for work maybe you've earned a lot of marriott points and and this is a great time to cash in. And, you know, you get a lot of the benefits of on-property hotels by staying at one of those three resorts. So that's something definitely worth considering. I mean, th- those hotels did used to be a better deal back when Joe and I got started when they are part of Starwood Preferred Guest. They aren't fantastic values, but they are a fantastic value if where you want to go is Walt Disney World and you're sitting on a lot of points. Definitely. Another area where there are a lot of hotels that you can use points for is in Disney Springs. There's a few Hiltons there. There's a Wyndham. There's one Holiday Inn. And so, you know, all of those, uh, Holiday Inn is IHG. Wyndham has its own program. Hilton has its own program. So all of those are options to use your points. And they run a little bit cheaper points-wise than the Swan and Dolphin. Of course, they're different currencies and you kind of... If you get into this a lot, you get a feel for how much each point is actually valued, which, I, of course, I can't get into here. But in general, the Disney Springs hotels are better value for your points. And so if you have points in these programs, either Hilton, Wyndham, or 
IHG for holiday and you know it's great you know I I have stayed at Disney Springs hotels uh, on points before and the majority of these hotels you can walk to Disney Springs of course and they also run shuttles to the parks which is nice although I generally rent a car one note uh, I found out the hard way for a client last week Wyndham is not running the shuttle to their parks yet uh, I will have a Disney do or don't uh, about that later but the Disney Spring hotels another good option for miles and points stays for offsite Disney hotels. Now, what about the Bonnet Creek area, which is really close to Disney? Honestly, all these are really close to Disney. Yeah, they they all really are close to Disney. If you want to go to the Bonnet Creek area, you have some more choices in these same chains. You've got a Hilton, you've got a JW Marriott, you have a Wyndham there. So there are even more hotels depending upon whatever program you pick. And especially if you're starting to get more advanced and have points in a lot of different programs, you really do have a lot of choices there. And beyond that, then you've got, got Hyatt's as well, the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress, Hyatt Place, like Buena Vista. So you've got a lot of choices pretty much in any program, I'd say within a 10 or 15 minute drive of all the Disney parks, right? Yeah. And one great thing about Hyatt and Hilton I guess let's start with the annoying thing. The annoying thing with offsite hotels, which I think we've forgotten to mention in the past, but a lot of these offsite hotels have resort fees that they do not include in the price that they show online. And these resort fees are high. They're like $32 a night for some of them. That's just an exorbitant amount of resort fee. And on top of that, some of these, they charge parking fees as well. So you could be looking at like $50 a night of fees at these places. Now, this doesn't help for the parking fees, but one great thing is that if you are booking an award stay with Hyatt or with Hilton, they waive the resort fee. So that's great because you use your points and you don't have to like worry about paying for the resort fee, which really like on a five night stay, that's like $150 for a lot of these hotels. It really eats into your budget. So, you know, that's another great thing about having miles and points. And like we said with Southwest, same concept here. All of these different hotel loyalty programs have credit cards with healthy signup bonuses. And so, you know, if you're paying for your Disney trip, you can meet the spending minimum for these signup bonuses and of course are paying off your balances in full. But you meet the spending and then you get the points and then you use those points to make your offsite stay. So it's kind of like a virtuous cycle as long as you are paying off your bills. Yeah, that's right. So so we know all of this can sound very overwhelming. So Leslie, do you have, you know, a good tip for if people are starting? Like what's kind of the if people are just starting out, what's the easiest thing to do if you're looking for a credit card to sign up for, you know, loyalty program wise? So the easiest thing to do is just to sign up for the credit card in the loyalty program that you're focused on. So if you know you're going to fly Southwest to Orlando, go look at Southwest credit cards. If you know you want to stay in the Swan, go look at the various Marriott credit cards. So this is really just keep it simple. Don't get into complex programs, anything too hard. You know, just get the hotel points, just get the airline points. Definitely. And we'll say right now that that is not necessarily the most value that you can get, but when you are starting out, it's best to keep things simple and keep with programs you know. So if there's a loyalty program that you're already a part of, just start with those. Now, in these episodes, we've done a lot of talking about loyalty programs to specific hotels, but there are also credit cards that offer what generally in the travel hacking community we call flexible points as rewards. And now this is stuff like the Chase Sapphire 
line of cards, the American Express green, gold, and platinum cards, Capital One venture cards. Now, what are flexible points exactly and how do they kind of differ from these loyalty programs? So these flexible points are points that actually come from a bank. So for example, with Chase, you're earning their ultimate rewards points. So these are points that come from the bank, but the bank then has ways that you can use those points towards travel, sometimes towards other things as well. So I'm just going to give an example of Chase because that's the program that I personally use the most. So when I earn ultimate rewards, when I put spending or, or you know get a new Chase Sapphire credit card, something like that, I earn those points and then I can redeem them in a variety of different ways. I can actually go through, Chase has a booking portal and I can go and book a hotel or book different things through their portal directly and redeem my points at a, a fixed value. But I can also sometimes transfer transfer those points to other programs that Chase partners with. So I can transfer my Chase points to Southwest Rapid Rewards points at a fixed transfer value. I can transfer those points to United Miles. So this actually gives me several different ways to use the points. And sometimes it's more valuable to transfer them. And sometimes it's more valuable to book directly like with cash. So I love this because I fly Southwest most of the time. So I can sometimes top up my Southwest account if I need to. I need a few more points to book something. can move my chase points. But sometimes I don't want to fly Southwest and I find a really great flight on another airline and I can use my chase points, have those in reserve for some other use. So I know you're a big fan of these as well, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think you explained it perfectly. You know, the beauty of flexible points is that they can be used flexibly, which gives you a lot more flexibility. Sorry to say the word flexible like six times in a row, but it gives you a lot more choices in terms of how you're going to actually use these reward points towards your vacation or your Disney vacation. You know, you can use it for your flights. You can use it as cash for your rental car. You can use it as hotel points. You know, there are just so many options. So the three ones we have here, although there are a few more, but Chase Ultimate Rewards, American Express Membership Rewards, and then Capital One Venture Miles, which now you can transfer to airlines as well. You know, these are all kind of options that lots of different people use. You know, now when you get pretty deep, uh, you end up starting to use all of these. But again, we suggest, you know, keep things simple. Just start with one program if you're going to get into this and you go from there. Now, the kind of gold standard of beginner cards for flexible points is the Chase Sapphire Preferred card. That's a $95 annual fee, but generally has a healthy signup bonus. And like Leslie was saying, ultimate rewards can be used for a lot of things. So we'll put that out there. But, you know, there's a lot of other good beginner cards, um, but that is kind of the one that most beginners gravitate towards. Now, the Chase Sapphire Preferred is the best overall beginner's travel hacking card, but a lot of Disney fans like the Capital One Venture Miles card or any of the Capital One cards that earns Venture Miles. And the reason for that is the ultimate rewards that Chase gives you, you cannot redeem directly for Disney. So normally you're going to be using them for either offsite hotels or for your flights or things like that. But a currency like the Venture Miles is a lot more straightforward. You don't have as much earning power, but you just earn a flat two Venture Miles per dollar spent. And then you can use the miles that you earn to do what most people call like zapping off your costs. So if you pay for your Disney hotel on the Venture Miles card, you can zap those purchases away with miles that you've earned. So just another note for those of you who are thinking of a beginner's card here. 
So we understand that this probably feels like drinking from a fire hose for a lot of you. That's part of the reason why we split this up into two episodes. And trust us, this is how we felt once. So of course, you can always contact us if you have questions, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. And we'd be happy to talk through some things. Of course, we are not in the habit of giving out financial advice, but we're happy to help people find the resources to help them along the way. But we cannot end a travel hacking episode without talking about the credit card that the majority of Disney fans are looking at, which is the Disney Visa card. You know, there are two versions of the no annual fee version, and there's the, the $49 annual fee premiere version. So Leslie, give us your quick thoughts on the Disney credit cards. This is a post I've been meaning to write on my blog forever. Maybe I'll finally do it now that I'm talking about it on the podcast. But a lot of people think, I want to go to Disney, so I should get the Disney Visa card, right? Well, maybe not. I mean, the card has a couple of perks that are great for while you're on site. You get some discounts. You get some premier experiences, I guess, in in non-COVID times. But as a travel hacking card, as a card that's going to save you money, it's not a very good card. It doesn't have great sign up bonuses. It doesn't have great rewards earnings. You are going to do so much better with a Southwest card or a Marriott card or a Chase Ultimate Rewards um, card. You're going to earn more in sign up bonuses, which are going to translate into dollars saved on your vacation. So I tell people, if you go to Disney often, the, the Disney Visa is a great card to have for the perks, but don't use it for your spending and don't get it for any sort of a sign up bonus because it's minuscule. Yeah. So I actually do have an article on this. It's, uh, well, it's in the queue, but one day it'll come out. Uh, it should be on Forbes Advisor at some point. And I actually compared three other credit cards to the Disney cards and I got pretty nerdy. I had a spreadsheet that I did all the calculations that, you know, if you spend this amount and if you, you know, do this at groceries and do this at gas, et cetera, et cetera. But bottom line is exactly like Leslie said, with a little bit of work and not even that much work, you can generally get more value out of a lot of other cards. Now I can tell you the specific cards that I compared the Disney Visa cards to in that post, they were the Capital One Venture Rewards card, the Chase Freedom Unlimited and the Bank of America Cash Rewards cards. All of them uh, with maybe one or two small caveats came out ahead of the Disney Visa card, but also offered like a lot more flexibility, which is really key when it comes to travel hacking. So in general, you can do a lot better than the Disney Visa card. You know, it's weird, but like I've read a lot of reviews of the Disney Visa card and a lot of times like one of the major pros of the review, and I'm not diminishing it, but one of the major pros is that it has a cute card design, which is cool for, I guess, pride purposes or Disney uh, swag purposes. But when it comes to travel hacking and actually saving money on your Disney vacation, what your card looks like isn't going to make that huge of a deal. Exactly. We're all about the data not about the, the cuteness here, right? Definitely. And I just remembered, you know, I'm a little rusty since I haven't been travel hacking as much as I haven't been traveling. But a lot of the perks that Leslie was talking about, like the special character meet and greet at Epcot, you can get with a Disney debit card, which is free as long as you have a Chase checking account. So I have a Chase checking account. I asked for a Disney debit card. And so I always get that character meet and greet at Epcot and the discounts, like a lot of the same discounts that you can get in stores and stuff apply to that Disney debit card you have with a Chase checking account. And for those of you who, who maybe cannot pay your credit card balances in full right now, well, if you have the Disney debit card, you're getting the same perks, but it's a debit card. So you're not running up debt while you're doing it. So just a little tip there if you're looking for the Disney perks from the card, but don't want to worry about having the Disney credit card. 
That's right. All right, Joe, we have just compressed like 10 years of our collective knowledge into maybe 30 minutes. So <laughs> let's uh, let's name a couple of other resources people can, can go to to find out more about travel hacking for their Disney vacations. Yeah, I'm having this vision of 2013, Joe and Leslie listening to this podcast, and I'm wondering like how confused we would be uh, if we were listening to ourselves uh, eight <laughs> years ago. Yeah, sorry for those of you who we've confused now. Really yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, we are part of the multiverse. Anyway, so uh, a couple other resources. Now, there's a ton of Miles and Points blogs and podcasts out there. Like I said, I'm on the Miles to Memories podcast. Miles to, Miles to Memories is also a website with a lot of good beginners resources. A couple other popular ones are Fruk and Miler, Doctor of Credit. You know, these are all the ones that beginners flock to, of course, the points guy. So that's one good way to get started. Another great way to kind of get started is there are a lot of Facebook groups and a lot of the Facebook groups, the content is more catered towards beginners. Now, Facebook groups have their own problems in terms of like figuring out how to process the information, but what uh, you lack in organization, you will make up for in quantity. So, you know, you can find all those websites I just named have Facebook groups, um, so you can find Facebook groups to join. And of course, as we touched on last week, there is Frequent Traveler University, which is a set of online virtual seminars and workshops for beginners. You can check that out in our affiliate link in the show notes. All right, Joe. Well, let's close it out with a Disney do or don't. What do you got for us? So my Disney do is, especially at a time like this, when a lot of hotel amenities are not there, this isn't travel hacking per se, but I think it's related. Like I said, a lot of these offsite hotels in the Disney area have big resort fees. The problem is, you know, a lot of stuff is closed down. Like the breakfast options are limited. Like I said, some hotels aren't even running their shuttles. So what I would suggest you do is ask the hotel whether they will waive the resort fee. The worst that they can say is no, but a lot of times they will say yes or at least reduce the resort fee. And so that's a tip even for non-COVID times, but especially in COVID times when a lot of these services are cut back, ask to waive the resort fees. And you'll definitely have some success sometimes if you do that. That's right. Never hurts to ask. Great tip, Joe. All right. So we know this has been a lot of information over the last couple episodes. If you're interested, you know, definitely you should check out some of those blogs or Facebook groups that we listed. You can also contact us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Again, it is a little bit like drinking from a fire hose. Podcasts exist that only talk about using miles and points. So if you're interested, I definitely suggest you seek those out and find those or ask Leslie or me for recommendations. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you listening and tuning in. Thank you so much, Leslie, for taking time to talk to me. And I will see you pouring over spreadsheets trying to figure out the best deal. Thanks, Joe.